0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Griplock Foundation Disc Weekly Podcast. I'm Hunter, joined as always by Trevor and Connor, and we've got one heck of a show today. Uh, we're not even going to try to keep it short, to be honest with you. I was about to say that. We're just going to let gonna it flow. Happen. It's not going to happen. Uh, I've got six pages of notes according to my phone, or according to my laptop in front of me, but we're going to go over the President's Cup, the European Open, what the heck happened to Nico, Power Rankings Update, Trevor's Trivia, and Owen Scoggins flipped someone off. Yeah, maybe, allegedly. <laughs> You'll hear about it later. Uh, <laughs> But first, a word from our sponsors. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Got bush? You definitely do if you haven't tried the best products from our sponsor today, Manscaped. Taking control of your bush is important, and these products are so good, you're going to be showing pride in your new bush-free yard. Save big and be the most hygienic version of yourself by using our discount code GRIPLOCKED for 20% off and free shipping over at manscaped.com. The grooming package I highly recommend is the Performance Package 4.0. Inside of that package, you'll find the lawnmower 4.0. This electric trimmer is a bush's worst nightmare. This trimmer is designed to reduce grooming accidents, shave hair on loose skin, thanks to ceramic blades and advanced skin-safe technology, and there's no need for night vision. And goggles because this trimmer has an LED light to allow you to mow the lawn in the dark. That's 20% off and free shipping over at manscaped.com using our code GRIPLOCKED. One word, GRIPLOCKED. It's time to, I haven't read this part, not going to read it. <laughs> <laughs> Your balls will thank you. Head over to manscaped.com and check out their full array of products uh, and use code GRIPLOCKED at 20% off and free shipping. All right, <clears throat> man, the European Open, second major for the MPO players of the year, third major for the FPO players of the year. Uh, what a tournament but first before even before the European Open even starts one of my favorite things about the European Open is that it gives us the President's Cup and the President's Cup if you didn't watch this year Team USA remained undefeated improving to 10-0 and 0 in honestly a dominant fashion I don't really think it's gonna yeah. be a little bit I think I think give Europe a few more years and then we might have a story there but we keep saying that though that's true I mean, Team USA, Paul put it a good way in like a post-round interview. He's like, we have like a 50-year head start. Yeah. Basically, the U.S. over Europe on, on disc golf as a whole.
1: I will say, like, you can just kind of tell from, and we'll talk about this more, but like the scope of the European Open and just how massive it is over there, that like Europe Europe is going to catch up really quickly, yeah, talent-wise. Yeah, it should. Um, but, I mean, yeah, when you look at the top players in the world, they're all Americans, so it's not... You know, it's not a shock that they dominate. Now that being said, you know it, they're in. You know they're in Europe at courses they're not as familiar with. Some players, you know, it's even more new to them. Obviously, guys like Paul have seen his course a bunch, but um, you know, it, it was a, it was still a dominant match, and it wasn't really close at all. So I think there's definitely a ways to go, um, yeah. for sure.
0: Now, if you're unaware of what the Presidents Cup is, um, it basically was round of stroke play, round of match play. Team USA versus Team Europe. Uh, and stroke play always gives you a little bit of a glimpse into the weekend yeah. because they play the exact course they're going to play. They play a few of the more feature holes, nine of the more feature holes, and they play the same in match play. That's an interesting. Um, that's actually interesting that if you are good enough to
1: make the President's Cup team, you now get to practice under some pressure, pressure. at the actual course. Honestly. Probably not the greatest. Like maybe they should move that to a different course. Because, like, it is. I mean, they earned the spot.
0: I mean, it's the same as, like, if the Pro Tour started doing, like, Pro Ams or something like that. Yeah, that's, that is true. But, this is is, but this is like,
1: it is, like, under pressure practice, which is, like, that is very but I mean, valuable. if you
0: took the GK Pro Skins match serious enough, that's under under pressure, like you, you, can find ways to add pressure. It's also true. Like if if you do, Down I mean, with so GK many people, skins. so many people do like videos too of like challenges the week, like leading up to. Yeah. If you take those serious, like we feel pressure in our bogey bro battles. They are very and so if you are Brody and Brody and Ezra, they're getting pressure filled practice. Well, I mean, it's a little different than that. But you, you know what I mean. But though? yeah,
1: I mean, I am just saying it was. I am just saying all I am saying is it was a good advantage. I
0: love it. I love the President's Cup, and Paul popped off, went seven under through nine. And that was the moment yeah. uh, I had, I hadn't put, I put him in my predictions, but I hadn't predicted him to win. And that moment I said, that's a mistake, Hunter. Yeah. Cause I saw him mm. seven through nine. I think he was, he might've been seven through seven at one point, but, uh, but I did have James Conrad and James Conrad was also playing very well. So I was like, yeah, that's my solace. Eagle though, went two under through nine and tied his match with Nicholas in the match play side after that. And contributed to me. Like, I'm going to be completely honest with you. Eagle was not even on my radar at no, all. Yet. I was thinking I was thinking two things. I was thinking, one, I think he's coming back too early. I think this is dumb for him to come back. And two, I was like, I bet the only reason is because it's such a big promotion event for Discmania. I bet uh-huh. he's gonna go out there and he's just gonna be like throwing soft shots and just out there to show face. He was, was on
1: where my head was. He was on my radar. Like I I had this inkling feeling when I was doing my predictions that like Eagle leaving him out, like that could be a mistake. But I still I was I was confident that he was not going to come top 3. Like I was I was pretty confident that it was like okay, there's no way he comes straight back and is like right back on his game. And I was like this course, you know, having a forehand is so valuable. Yeah. I mean, and we're going to like just the the amount of forehands that that like Paul had to throw and then like he just didn't throw any. I mean, it Yeah. I mean, what the heck? Eagle was
0: definitely not <laughs> on my radar. Yeah. I did what not expect, heck, man. It at all.
2: He's That's incredible. not what you said in the podcast. Is that not what I said in the podcast? No. What I say?
0: You said I, for some reason I feel like Eagle might, but I'm not going to put him in my top three. Well, yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. But the, for that reason, it sounds like he's on your radar. Yeah, like that sounds on your radar. like a little just bloop, bloop. kidding. He Give was on my radar. I called, credit, dude. I called this. I called this. Okay. Well, let's just get into the results now. So FPO Paige Pierce took it down. Evelina Solonen came in second. Blomroos came in third. And then on the MPO side, we had Eagle McMahon taking it down over Paul McBeth. and then Kevin Jones came in third there. Uh... First off, yeah, we got to talk about the FPO situation. We got to talk. Well, we got to talk a lot of things. First off, I don't talk about the gallery because yeah. I feel like when we get into everything else, we're gonna forget to You're talk right. about the gallery. You're right. The gallery was un- un- unbelievable. Like it was incredible. some of the shots they had uh, of the gallery, I can't. I can't wear these headphones. Some of the shots they had of the gallery blew my mind. Yeah. Like I think UC said that early in the week, he said they expected five thousand people, and then on Sunday. He said there's, it was before I forget who was teen off I forget who was teen off, but I, he was being interviewed and said there's already thousands of people out here. I definitely think we'll hit that five thousand people goal yeah, so be we never to see heard if, exactly how many people, but well if they, that's if they, a lot
1: if they did break mm. five thousand then they'll probably release the number if they have a number but um yeah it was it was incredible. It was like watching that that lead card on the final day especially I mean even from the get go like first day lead card there was a it was a nice yeah. gallery um but you're watching that final day gallery and you know they get to certain holes uh where Eagles throw on that lefty backhand I forget exactly what hole, hole it was hole 2 <laughs> hole 2 yeah and you's just they're just lining both sides of the fairway yeah, and Nate it was
0: Doss at one point said they were 15 deep yeah. whether or well, not he well I just when they showed yeah when they showed the know. drone
1: shot it wasn't wasn't quite that much named but, but hey
0: I like I yeah. liked what Nate was saying this yeah. weekend. And 15 people was like, hey, I'm Nate
1: Dawes was low-key a poet the whole weekend. I think this he
0: was is what so happened. This is my take on it. I think this is a course that he knows. Like yeah. back of it. It hasn't changed that much. He knows it. What we witnessed this weekend is why I think it's crucial for commentators to be on the grounds. I know they weren't on the grounds this weekend, right, but they but might as well have it been well because enough. of the knowledge. Because yeah. the other time we saw that was when they were on the grounds at the DDO. Yeah. That's the type of stuff where like Nate Dawes can get out there and he knew about like grass like they were asking him about like how the grass is going to be affected by yeah. the rain he was like well you notice out here they cut the grass different OB and in so you will notice big skips in the fairway and out of the fairway no skips and blah blah, blah. Very insightful stuff that really added. Yeah, that's the type of stuff that like if you're just sitting at a booth in Oregon when the tour is at a course you haven't seen in Texas, right. you're not going to be able to say. I actually. So I think that's where it's crucial for him to get out there, play the course, walk the course, because this this case he might as well have because he just knows this course so well.
1: I will also say that I think Ian had his best event. I did not. Ian did not bother I me. I
0: think what it was was you gave Ian two people. In the booth yeah. that he thought knew more than him. I
1: think, yeah, I think the triple booth helped him a lot because, because he was. Gave,
0: like, he let Brian he, and Nate shine a lot more, he, which helped him res- be yeah, reserved.
1: Yeah, every time he had, like, he thought he knew something, he double checked with with Brian and Nate. Um, and that was super helpful. But yeah, Nate Doss, Nate Doss, like, Borderline said some poetic things like he was like breaking down the situation in a very story-like way that like I have not seen out of commentators and I was like good for you Nate Doss but the gallery was insane um I I think it it's probably the standard now we were we were at USDGC last year and it, the numbers were pretty incredible but I don't think they were like
0: well this. I was telling my wife was watching the coverage with me some and she was like oh my gosh it's so much bigger over there I'm like well yeah Percentage-wise, the sport's definitely bigger over there. But one thing we have to remember it is, is like their event. This is the only time they see <laughs> yeah. the U.S. pros. Yeah. Like, mm. so if you're within right. six-hour drive here, you're like, yeah, I could, but there might be a pro tour closer. Right. It's so like for me, I'm not gonna travel to Idlewild because yeah. I know
1: I can go to usdGC and tour championship. If you reverse the roles but, and have one event like that in exactly. the U.S., there would be ten thousand. There's just one major. There. That's a good point. Everyone
0: yeah. like it's one major central location. It's the only time we get to see the U.S. Yeah. pros. The, exactly. re- the crowd here would be insane. Exactly. It's just we're spoiled. Right. So That's where, like, is it incredible what they're able to do? Yeah, but we also have to remember you're pulling from not just Finland. You're pulling from several countries yeah. because then, it's so squished together. Like the passion, It's like a six-hour drive from one country to another.
1: You know, the passionate fans are definitely there in Europe. I have no doubt that if, you know, we have more... I like the idea of having more events in Europe, or the idea of just like growing the European tour, whichever one you decide to grow. Yeah, um, to to get to the point where we can have more broadcasted events over there in Europe because I know there is a lot of passionate fans, and I think that scene is like is important to keep that growing. Absolutely, Um, but it is like people do, and this doesn't take away from the event at all because it was obviously like the fans were there; it was incredible. Um, but it is like one of those things where you do have to remember, like, yes, it is like the one big event they have all year. If we did something like that in the U S it would be even, crazier. well, I
0: think it makes it
1: the most sellable event in disc golf. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, and I mean, you saw a lot of the players in the presence. cup, they were sponsored Ford by on their back. I don't
0: know if y'all saw Clask. What's Clask? Mm. It's like, look at that fun little, like a uh, game that you have, like. It's like soccer. Oh, it's like magnetic and your I, hands underneath it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. They are one of the sponsors of the event. It's crazy. It's a Finnish game. They, well, my brother, my we, brother had bought it years ago. And I. so I just like wave of nostalgia hit me. I was like, what the frick? Why that's are they so sponsoring disc golf? I event? mean, we've talked about how like, and then obviously, like smaller fitness. niche yeah.
2: sports and games are way bigger in Europe. When I yeah.
1: saw all of those spectators, that's all I was thinking. I was like, this is one of the few events that you could like guarantee sell there's a lot of on course activation for sponsors like available because there are just so many people there. Um, It's a super sellable event.
0: The other thing I was thinking of, um, because obviously spectating in person was big. All the coverage for this was behind a paywall. All of it. Right. And there was a lot of complaints about that on social media. Understandably, everything from disc golf is free. Right. And they, but a lot of the complaints was it's hurting the growth of the sport. And I took a step back and thought about that for a minute. Um, and I can see where that's true. But on the flip side of that coin, it's probably because the Patty the Batty fight was going on this weekend that had, gave me this different perspective.
1: What a fight. Uh, I had ESPN Plus. I got it.
0: Because oh, here's the thing, right? I don't have ESPN Plus. I didn't pay for it. But UFC and stuff like that, um, what they're able to do is the clips and stuff that they put out surrounding it that's what piques my interest as someone who's not a fan of the sport. Yeah. That's what like I saw Patty the bad was fighting. And if I would have had if if my brother-in-law, Kent was in town, I was hundred percent buying that fight. Sure. Only reason I didn't was it was going to just be me right. sitting at my house by myself yeah. at 3 p.m. in the afternoon. I was just like, just wait for the highlights. Yeah. I'm like, ah, I'll see I'll see what happens later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if I would have had Kent in town or if my friend Stout was in town, like if I would have had like one or two other people are like, dude, you wanna watch yeah. this fight? I'm in. But the whole reason that got me in and the other thing with it is once I pay to watch a UFC fight, I'm glued to the screen. Yeah. Why? Because a lot of times I just paid 80 bucks. Right. Like, I'm getting my so 80 you're, bucks you're worth. you're committed so once I'm you So, I'm committed buy. to buy it. But what grew UFC, or what reached me with it, was social clips. Because yeah. if Pat, the Patty the Batty fight was free on YouTube, I might have watched. But it wouldn't have felt as like cool mm-hmm. to me to watch. I wouldn't yeah. have felt a part of it. and. If it was free on YouTube, I would just saw it on Twitter and stuff. I wouldn't have really cared that much. Yeah. But the fact that it was behind a paywall and there was the jump, and then there's all this hype going on, it made yeah. me feel like I'm missing out on something. I, I do so, I do get that. I'm wondering, I don't know how much being behind a paywall really hurts the growth of the sport as much as like the media efforts. Yeah. On the other side, like the pre, because like the Pro Tour does a great job. Obviously, they're with Disc Golf Network. I feel like they should probably have separate social accounts, but it doesn't matter. Uh, The Pro Tour does a great job of during the event clips. Boom, boom, boom. And there's some like pre-stuff hype. I think the pre-tournament hype is being drastically overlooked. Yeah. Because I think that's where you get, if if behind when it's. People to buy. Yeah. When it's behind a paywall, that's what grows the sport. Is if you can have a few social clips like blow up of. What happened last year? Uh, like use the Nico clip next year if there is a European Open next year. I don't know if they're going to go every other year again. But like if you use cl- social clips like that and you have a few blow up and you can like yeah. pin it as like Eagle versus Paul, who's going right. to take it and like all this stuff to where it feels like I've got to watch that. I, then it's like oh I only got to pay ten bucks to watch a whole weekend of it. Right. Then it, then I don't I don't know. It was just something I was thinking I, about. I agree with this taken. I've said
1: this before, but when you talk about. The idea of uh, when you say okay, it's it's hurting the growth of the sport. You're kind of assuming that you're trying to, by saying that you're really saying people that don't know about disc golf no cannot get to this event. But if they don't know about disc golf, they're not going to find it on the disc golf network.
0: They might stumble upon it on YouTube.
1: Right, but but that's but I'm saying but if somebody it. doesn't know about disc golf, it's not crucial for them to learn about disc golf by watching the most recent event. All they need to do is search disc golf in the YouTube search bar and they can find everything they need to know about disc golf and then that can lead them to be to find the disc golf network and want to pay. And what you were saying, social clips is another one. They can be scrolling through their Instagram Ex- explore page and see clips of disc golf or TikTok obviously. And like those are what leads you to the highest level of consumption, which is buying to watch the best of the newest yeah. product. But you don't you don't need that to be, like, the base level, this is how you get into disc golf. Because it's not. That's not well, how you Well, the flip side the of the
0: golf. coin, too, is, like, there is, a, there is a solid argument that pay-per-view model and pay subscription model actually farthers the growth of disc golf because it puts more money into the hands of the people that have the power to grow disc golf. Yeah. To where, like, it... You have to look at it this way: If the European Open wasn't behind a paywall, how much money would that broadcast have brought in to buy new cameras, to pay commentary crews, stuff like that? Right. Versus it being behind the paywall.
1: And how many new disc golfers would have really watched it? It's, yeah, like it's tough it's, to
0: say. It, it's a tough one to look at. But this it's, was a like USDGC was a little bit more expensive. This one there was a package available for twenty bucks. I think it was twenty bucks if you weren't a disc golf network subscriber. Oh, okay. If you were a disc golf network subscriber, so ten bucks for yeah. the month. Or five bucks, seven bucks. If you're PGA member, you got the whole access to the whole thing. Yeah. So, realistically, seven to ten dollars. But if you were like, screw the disc golf network, I'm gonna pay twenty for some reason. You could have. Um, and the twenty dollars actually got you the bonus content of post post production, the Presidents Cup coverage. Yeah, there's a uh, lot of the GK Pro skins stuff. A lot of other stuff. So, I don't know. I I just was the first time I'd looked at an event and I'd read that. This is hurting the growth of disc golf, and I actually thought about it for a second. I was like, "I don't think it is."
1: Yeah, I think people. What do you think, Connor? People say that who don't have the subscription and don't want to pay.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, I, don't,
2: I don't. I don't. I I my initial reaction is that it might because just making it more difficult to watch might. I think it makes it more difficult to watch for me. I don't like. I don't want to watch it as much if I have to pay for it. But I think that everything that you said. Makes sense. I I, that's that's my initial gut reaction is like I don't want to watch it as much if I have to pay for it. But you're so I guess maybe
1: the, the thing is that it's hurting the growth of it may be hurting the growth of disc golf on a corporate scale or on a commercial scale because like Connor already knows about disc golf, but he's not he's not willing to pay to watch. Whereas he would he'd probably watch if it was free. Whereas it's maybe not. People are, when they say in growing sport, it probably doesn't matter for new disc golfers, but maybe it matters for existing ones that aren't giving more money to the sport. So maybe that's where it hurts, but then that's not actually, that's not going to really change anything because they're, they're well, it's either, again,
0: just like you can monetize one viewer for 10 bucks or you have to get a thousand viewers to monetize that yeah. for 10 bucks.
1: I don't know. It's a tricky one.
0: It's a weird one. Uh, yeah, I'm not quite sure where I stand on it. I because m- so what, would you take foundation out of the equation, uh-huh. Right. You have no reason to watch coverage other than you just want to watch it. Yeah, is there a tournament you're paying ten bucks to watch? USDGC rolls around. Are you paying ten bucks? I'm driving to USDGC. Oh, you can't. You can't. You're drive. in California. Yeah. <laughs> Are you paying ten bucks to watch it?
2: I think if I got a group together, yeah, I'd do
0: it. Not to watch it by myself. Really?
1: Mm-hmm. Hmm. Right. I would if it were me. If I were following disc golf as seriously as I as I do, or as I have in the past, I would, I would pay, I would pay ten
0: dollars. <sighs> every every I major, pay the, I would pay the ten dollars. I've got to go. I, I've got to go. go back pay ten bucks like, a month, absolutely. Yeah. But I am saying, if it's like a pay per view per thing, oh, it poor Every major, I am paying to watch, no doubt. I am yeah. paying also to watch m- most of the pro tour events yeah. personally, but that's I am addicted to disc golf. Like I want to watch the coverage more than anything. And, yeah, but I think, I, if, that's I where think it's just if, if I think different different back to like fans. whenever
2: I was in college, I was like, I watched disc golf like my life depended on it. Yeah, and like that was what I did in and my you could free play time. It with your so roommates in yeah, if I was too. like, so if I was still like in the same, because like I still absolutely love disc golf. Um, I just don't have as much time to like consume it. And um, but I would definitely, yeah, I definitely would have paid for it back then. Then
1: I think um. Yeah, I, I
0: don't know. It's it's gonna be an interesting one to see how it develops because, I mean, it's pretty obvious the way the sports the way the sports going like. Post-production, I think, will always exist in some form or fashion, but the Pro Tour is going to have the, the thing, Monopoly on it, and, and does that post-production like, exist on the Disc Golf that, Network? And I don't and know. The, and the live coverage has gotten so, so good. good. This weekend was I mean, the best live coverage I've ever watched. Flawless. Really. No buffering. Yeah. The, the commentary Quality was great. The commentary was good. Great. We like, saw yeah. so much golf.
1: Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. So much. Their switching has gotten so solid. They know when to put up graphics. They, they're finding their stride, like i used to think they were hopeless at times but like even the people like even ian anderson who like i never really liked his commentary i didn't have one complaint of his this entire weekend he was fine everybody was great like they and they've even know they've even figured out how to deal with tough situations you know they throw it to terry and and for some reason doesn't get through they get away from it very quickly like they figured that stuff out the live coverage product is so good now that like how can you not like realize that the money is helping that
0: yeah exactly my favorite thing was someone was complaining about pay per view on Facebook. Oh my gosh. And he was like someone was like, Is it there the cu- the question was like, is it worth the money should I pay to watch the final round? Yeah. And then this dude responded, yes. he's like, No, it's ridiculous. I paid I paid to watch it and you you see so many different cards, it's impossible to follow what's going on. You're seeing golfers nonstop. It's just like watching gol- ball golf. I hate it. And I was like, You just gave them the biggest compliment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can possibly like that's that's a live disc golf product because mm-hmm it's not hard to follow the if you (laughs) look at it like on a normal score like this tournament for instance we'll we'll obviously about to talk through the storylines but spoiler alert it was a two-man race and then it's like 16 strokes to the third but the battle for like third and fourth was through a lot of people so we got to see you know some some action from third card then uh the whole chase card which is all finished players which is cool you got to see their action throughout so you got to see the battle unfolding in a way that if you were watching just lead card on post-production two of the two people's throws kevin and uh chandler kramer would have been pointless the whole the whole thing yeah because you wouldn't have realized that nicholas jumped up in there or anyone else jumped up in there and was battling with them so you're just watching you're like yeah. Okay, skip, skip. All right, Paul's throwing again. Complaining skip, about them skip, showing throwing more throwing. golf like, is pretty pretty funny. Because the the alternative is what everyone complained about previously, which is like I'm watching them walk down the fairways. Yeah. Like we really we, you want to go back it's to that? It's great. It's
1: nonstop throws. No, it's nonstop throws yeah. and
0: every throw they had, they had the top, the name yeah. with the score. Every single one. Yeah. And then they constantly were going to leaderboards. And they were also giving well done, con- they were also
1: court. giving context. They were they yeah, were saying I was
2: they were, so
0: pleased. I was yeah. very hesitant
2: on live disc golf. When it, because I, like a lot of disc golfers, wasn't a sports consumer. I was just a disc golf consumer. And so, like, I wasn't used to live coverage of stuff because I just didn't really care to follow sports very much. So it was difficult for me to kind of get into that transition. But. I really enjoy watching live coverage now. It, it does. It feels like you're way more a part of it, and I do like the amount of information they give you. Like, I'm, the, I'm the, definitely on on team live coverage.
0: Yeah. Well, the story just gets to build. Yeah. Yes. Because yeah. Because yeah, yeah. The there are moments where someone from Chase Card pushes the lead or whatever, and yeah. even if it's for three holes, and then he falls off, those three holes feel way more tense. Yeah. And it's something that was it a big enough storyline for them to coverage on post cover on post produce. Probably not because the dude fell off. But is it a big enough storyline during live for those thirty minutes where he's very relevant? Yeah, and it's electric during that. Mm-hmm. I
1: the, I love it. And there's just nothing that beats like being able to like be on social media like Twitter like while it's happening oh, and be talking about on it. disco live disco off Twitter is more fun than anything else I do on Twitter. Like being able to like quickly whip up a meme or some tweet. And, or your like Eagle tweet of the, the the
0: Eagle We <laughs> see versus the Eagle Paul sees, that might have been one of the funniest tweets. That's pretty good. Also, Trevor had a Paul meter of like, is Paul That's back? Funny. That was very funny too.
2: I do enjoy if yeah. I like the weekends where I miss the live coverage, I do really enjoy getting the notifications of your tweets and, yeah. and reading them. Hey,
0: Trevor's a great follow on Twitter at FDG underscore hunter underscore T. Be sure <laughs> yeah. to check him out. It's a great follow. I, not I, like put some, I put some real
1: effort in this weekend to like see how many followers I'd gain, just like if I really tweeted a lot and I gained like 300
0: followers. I gained a solid, Dang, including man. my Nico tweet. My Nico tweet blew up. It got like seven hundred something.
1: The video I did. Yeah, your video is popping off. It's almost <laughs>
0: at fourteen thousand. I think now. Yeah, yeah.
1: I, that's pretty scary. I was uh, I was talking to some buddies other night about how like I'm probably on his hit list at this point. But oh, absolutely. We'll get more into the Nico situation. We both are.
0: Uh, let's just talk over what actually went down this weekend. So, Paige Pierce FPO was back eight strokes after round two. And able, ain't over till it's over. And was able to chase down Evelina for the win. Evelina actually. I was looking at the stats. She was able to putt 72% C1X this weekend. Heck, yeah. Pretty solid. Yeah. Wasn't enough. Mm. Uh, Paige was still able to gain <laughs> eight strokes on her putting. Strokes gained putting. Paige is a little Page, over 11. Page had the And Evelina working. was at like three. Paige Pierce now has the most all-time major wins in FPO at 17, 17. Yeah. passing wow. Valerie Jenkins. So, Dang, big Val weekend Jenks for her. Valerie Jenkins had that many. Big weekend for Paige. People forget about Valerie um, Jenkins. Yeah, honestly. And, yeah, Evelina, if you look at her throwing stats incredible she was by far th- strokes gained Tita green had it
1: and she even putted well and didn't she even put how putted many well? takes have we've had takes I'm sure we haven't Brody have is, has had them as well where like we said if she puts this she'll always win
0: well and and I, I, we've never said always win but we've said it about tournaments we didn't say it about this one we did it And previously goodness. every other one was would be right okay so <laughs> we're in the clear yeah we avoided that one I mean <laughs> she hit 70% of fairways Paige hit 66 percent uh, she was 47% circle two in regulation, Page only 39. They're about tied in circle one in regulation. So she was out throwing Paige. It's just Paige putted 82% C1X and 20% C2. Man. And Evelina putted... 20% um, C2 is pretty solid. Evelina putted 70%. I don't know it's what I was just, looking at. 70, whenever, was off.
2: whenever you know you're not a good putter in the circle, hearing those stats just hurts your feelings <laughs> so much. Just knowing that no matter what, how good you throw the disc, if you're not putting in circle one, you aren't good. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, Evelina, the final round, which is when Paige made her comeback in round three and four. Round three, Evelina putted solid 75%, but 0% circle two, and she was 56% circle two in regulation. So basically she was giving yeah. her a lot of looks in circle two and wasn't, wasn't hitting any them. of them. Round four, her putter cooled off, 55% C1X, and that's when, obviously, Paige overtook her and won. Um, yeah,
1: you give Paige four rounds at a course like that, tough to beat.
0: Paige took a little shot at um, the like event organizers of FPO events in general because she was like, I hope this weekend showed we can handle a course like this. Like, don't give us pitch and putt putter mm, courses. Um, Heck, Pretty yeah. sure it didn't show. Side note. Because she shot. Counter-argument. She won the tournament 12 over par. Yeah, so.
1: I would actually strongly <laughs> disagree, Paige. People like watching birdies.
0: Yeah, that was the only... It was, I'm, sorry, it's you, I'm sorry you can't win at an easier course. <laughs> it's exciting to watch, but, like, that's where
1: it's so tough. She she just knows that if they play super hard courses... She's like, going to win. She's going to win and they're going to shoot a million over par, obviously... But,
0: like, the, the person who came in fourth, Katrina, and Allen was 22 over par. Yeah,
1: it's obviously not good for, like the, just, for the women's disc golf sport. Yeah, it's a
0: tough one because, like, and I hate to say that's not entertaining, but, like, 22 over par it's across four rounds, that's not entertaining. I don't want to like, watch so like You want to watch, scores. not to say, like, I would not be able to go out there and do any better than that. I promise you. That's no, not what i I'm just want to watch birdies. But I want to watch birdies. I want to watch stuff that, like, and in listen, disc golf, a bogey, you never sit at home and you feel like, when you feel like someone got a bogey, you're like, ah. Here's Dang, the they thing. Bogeyed. Yeah. I, I feel like, a, oh, heck yeah, I bogeyed that hole.
1: I'm a big proponent of events where the where par is tough and the winners are just a few under par. It's very rare. doesn't even happen in the MPO field. But the problem is the FPO field, if you have a course like that, like let's say this course was a little bit easier and Paige finishes and she wins it like well, two Well, Evelina was
0: able to shoot four under one of the
1: Right, runs. but the problem is there's not enough paired in the FPO field. So if you have an event like that, after like third place, it'll drop off the face of the planet.
0: Yeah. If you have, if you have where like the winner four round event, winners two under, right. Whereas you probably fifth place is going to be like 15, 20. You take
1: us women's now. One of the courses was a little, but the other one, at least like there's a ton of scoring. There's so many different women in it. Like it's better for the it's better for the women's. I tour think there's as a, a line in between. I think there's a line in probably, between because U.S. women's
0: was too far on the easy side. Well, yeah. There was no real danger. The basket sucked. But I'm saying too far on the
1: easy side made for a better event. It made for opinion. a much better. event. I agree with that. So that's. What I think I'm
0: there's saying. a line in between where the players are challenged and you still have to watch them do yeah. stuff that's like, wow. I want to see the best
1: rise to the top always. I do yeah. I do not think Paige should get robbed because we have to play easier courses for the rest of the field. But I think, yeah, you have to find that balance. I think what
0: you do is I think it's easier courses like U.S. Women's with more OB. Yeah. So you're punished. Yeah. So like, the, you still have to execute. Right. The course still plays hard. Yeah, you're but not But every playing, hole you can burn. You're not if playing you hole 18
1: at, and just like chucking it to wherever and making it If you car. look at
0: the MPO field, that's what's going on here a lot of times is... Yeah. Paul, Eagle, Ricky, all these guys up top. There is basically no hole they play all season. Very few that they cannot birdie. Yeah, there's a lot of holes in FPO that they make them play that they even the best players cannot birdie. Yeah, I think that's the key. Is like every was hole, there a single
1: hole that on average under par for the FPO for the FPO? Surely well, not.
0: I mean the the field is a little weak overall, um, but I can look. The easiest hole was hole. There's this is FPO. Uh, one, two, three holes average under par. Okay. Eight, fourteen, and fifteen. Eight, 14, and five. Uh, all par threes at two thirty six, three sixty one, three twenty eight. Yeah. Those average under par, but um, I think that's the key is like find a balance where every hole can be birdied. That was in the final round. That's after the cut. Sorry. No, before the cut, the easiest hole was almost two strokes over par. <laughs> um, the yeah, um. I lied. Easiest hole was .04 under. Okay. Hardest hole was two strokes. Oh, okay. I was, I was looking say, at that. I was like, that was cannot like, be the true. That's thing I've ever heard. <laughs> it's like, that cannot be true. Okay. No, easiest hole was .04, okay. .04 under par. Okay. Uh I was about to say, But I think that's the key, is in FPO, they need to still be playing a, sa- a similar game that the MPO plays. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I, I lying to you this whole time? No. I, I like gosh. it when they, they make the where, course similar, yeah. but
1: it just plays a little bit easier. Like, just bump up what the Well, I'm saying distances. the similar
0: golf in the fact of MPO, top of the field, can birdie every hole they see, but they, a lot of times they can also bogey every one of those holes. Yeah. That's what you need. In FPO, you need to figure out, okay, yeah, okay, now this is a much shorter hole. Let's bring the OB. In. And that's where it's going to end at up throw being pink,
1: tough. At Throw Pink, they do it pretty well.
0: Well, that's where events where FPO... Is fully separate from MPO, mm-hmm. they're able to do it a lot better. Yeah. Because what happens is, what were they going to do at the European Open to make that happen? Because you move them up, then that landing zone that MPO is hitting 450 out, really easy to hit from 200 out. Yeah. It's like, it's a very hard line. And that's where it's like, eventually, as the FPO gets bigger and bigger, more and more people in the field, it's going to make FPO a lot better because then it's like, hey, we can't have them on the same course as MPO. Let's get a course fully for FPO at this event, and then that course can be designed to actually push their games. Yeah. Versus let's just throw them on the MPO course and it, it right. pushes everyone's games, but it doesn't allow anyone to really shine. Yeah. It's a
1: tough part. I mean and like like I said, I don't blame Paige because like I mean no, she's if win. you throw Paige on that course, she's gonna win, she's every gonna win almost time. every time, yeah.
0: I tweeted before because uh, they obviously played at two A.M. so I was going yeah. to bed at like ten thirty and I tweeted on Saturday night and I said Headed to bed, fully expect to wake up to hear Paige Pierce is the European Open champ. She was back like three or four strokes. And I said goodnight. And then I woke up to everyone tagging me being like, you're right, you're right, you're right. I'm like, well, yeah. I mean, that was the easiest prediction I've ever made. <laughs> Shocker, yeah. Yeah, that was pretty simple. Uh, on the MPO side, it was basically like there was two tournaments. And now
2: Trevor can only putt with Pierce's.
0: Yeah. On the MPO side, <laughs> it was gosh. basically like there was two tournaments going on. Uh, Paul and Eagle were in one. Yeah. And then the rest of the field was in the other. Um, Kevin Jones was 16 strokes behind Paul in third place. I don't know that that's ever happened. Well, we'll that get the trivia is later. A crazy okay, drop off because <laughs> like we'll get the trivia later. I, I've already done the research. There's been two <laughs> horse races of like Paul and Rick pulling ahead of the field yeah. and, and Paul beating the field by eight strokes and stuff like that. But like two guys that far ahead—that's a big drop off. Wild, and that's what some people were saying. Like we can do
2: the
1: trivia right now if you want. It, it's very topical.
0: No, I'd rather wait. Okay, <laughs> I want to wait for Trevor's trivia to come up because we okay. got a lot to cover before we get to Trevor's trivia. But um, people were saying stuff about like the course being. Soft and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, take Paul and Eagle out of the field. The yeah. winner's at 25 under par. Yeah, yeah which is not yeah, soft at yeah. like yeah. Now for for it's four, like, oh, for man. For a four-round event, that's, that's really course. good. Yeah. That's uh-huh. a tough course. Yeah. But then you put Paul and Eagle in, and the winner's at 42 under. They're just <laughs> yeah. shredding and you're off. like, all right, yeah. because is- they're not human. No. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Neither uh, of them are playing like humans the whole event. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and if
0: Eagle had decided not to come back taking his time off for his arm to heal... It would have been absolute bloodbath. Dude,
1: imagine the runaway show that would have been. Although, they- I would I would argue that he would not have won like that. Well,
0: that's what I asked. Liz asked me something about, like, how are they doing that? I was like, well, Paul and it's Eagle were they on the same card every round. Yeah, they were pushing each other. So, they started the feature card on the same round. I was like... I think they just caught, got they hot it. off each other. Yeah. they mm-hmm. knew right
1: out the gates that they, one of them two was going to win after that first round, and they just they just ha- they knew they had to stay with each other, and they were both playing yeah. out of their minds going and into Paul's this year. Holding that disc like up like this when he's doing his run up, what the heck is that about? I'm going to do that uh, <laughs> like, going into this year.
0: Paul had not lost his event since 2013, which was five mm-hmm. times in a row. If you include the year, it was a World Tour event in 2016. It wasn't a major in 2016, so four of them were majors, and then one World Tour event. Yeah, bro, did you hear Eagle going? I just thrown the, throw be- the beast, beast or yeah. whatever, like, right in Paul's face yeah. by, like, five feet away. I was like, oh, <laughs> uh, he's not going to like that. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. This felt like it, it all weekend. This was feeling to me like a turning point in Paul's season. I was like, this is it. This yeah. is the win he needs. Dude, I know. I it's so got to be somewhat depressing to play at that so level depressing. all weekend mm-hmm. and lose to a guy with half the bur- his game missing. That, I the bird I, we, versus
1: the beast. I, I think I mentioned this last week, but I was like, this is like the most deflating thing that could have happened to Paul was... He played out of his mind, and somebody had a perfect week. Yeah. Somebody had a perfect yeah. week, and still beat him. And then it's like, so now he's thinking to himself, "Oh my gosh, like even he, on my yeah, he, even on a <laughs> great weekend for
0: me, I would I have bullied the lose. field previously. Yeah. I just lost. And like
1: he he's already probably been feeling the effect of like the field. It's so hard to win. It's so hard to win these days. And now it's like I finally had my week at my event." And I still couldn't win. Like yeah. it, it has to feel impossible to win to that guy right now. Yeah, it's like, and like I mean, whew. that's that and then sucks. you're gonna go to you're gonna go to the next major, and then like Dickerson. Well, like the tough back. part Rick, here, tough part here. He didn't is, have to deal with
0: Rick either. No, Rick, Rick. We'll talk about him later. Yeah. Rick might as well not been there. I don't know what he. Was um, tough part here for Paul is like, if he wins this, he's going straight to D Glow, an event he feels comfortable at. Yeah, he's easy back. win. Yeah, he's back. he's back. You know, then you go from D Glow to Ledgestone, easy win. Yeah. Like this dude could have if you he pull started Paul a great out. Streak. If Paul wins here and he gets his mojo back and he's like, "Oh my putts dialed, I'm feeling great." He could have so went good. win, 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 and then he's worlds. He yeah. this could he could have went win, win, win worlds. Coulda and said he just lost and now he's got this back long plane zero. ride. Four <laughs> days from now <laughs> we're starting d Man, it's a tough scene now Between. because now now I have four days to sit and think about what just happened to me out mm-hmm. there he, and now i have to go into Deglo. good news is it's at discrafts like it's yeah. discrafts event he's yeah. gonna be, feel very homey there he shot at 18 under he could still win Deglo. i'm not saying that i just like him winning Deglo a lot more if he wins european open
1: he is he just takes some very like heartbreaking major wins you know between this and worlds last year it's like man that's just rough like what's I, your, I feel bad
2: what's your prediction for paul the rest of the season then I still think. I he's, mean,
0: he's gonna be in contention at Worlds. I still There's think no he's gonna he's take okay. one of
2: the the
1: last two majors. I it's it, you know if he
0: loses Worlds, he's not winning USDGC. Well, I
1: disagree. I mean, he did it last year,
0: <laughs> not this year. Okay, I mean, last year he I was mean, having a solid. Well, season. here's what
1: I'll say: winning back to back at USDGC is, is no joke. So that's, that's more that's, why I'm that's making a, that's prediction. a very safe bet. Um, but I, I think he's gonna take one of the two majors still because like it wouldn't surprise me if he wins Worlds. But because
0: um, yeah. again, Worlds is what Paul focuses on. <laughs> like, it's really what all disc golf focuses on. Well, he didn't, on. Have, That's, he didn't uh-huh. really
1: have a great time last time. I, I mean, I think Ricky wins Worlds this year.
0: That's the measure uh, of success. If Paul wins Worlds, he's going to be like, that was still a pretty successful year. I became a yeah. six-time world champ. It's like,
2: or I, this could be Eagles' first Worlds. A lot of A lot, there,
0: a lot of coulds. It's impossible. The tough part <laughs> yeah, is to Paul came, came in 51st at DDO. Right? We're going mm. back to the same courses. Yeah. two One of two things is going to happen. That's going to get in his head, and... He's going to, for the first time in like over a decade, not be top two at Worlds, or he's going to come out and be pissed off. And yeah, I think so
1: many people had awful rounds at DDO. It'll be interesting to see who can like the wind should be down, which I think will help a lot. Yeah,
0: but um, well, certainly. Anyways, Eagle though reminded us that the hype about him is real, and even with an injury, he's not going anywhere. He is ridiculous,
1: man. He's ridiculous
0: all weekend. I was sitting there watching Eagle play, and I was like, I cannot believe what I'm watching right now. Like, I, I, you forget how good he is when he, because he hasn't been in the field for a while. Yeah. And even when he was in the field, he was injured at the beginning of the season. He can out throw everybody. I mean, it is, un. this guy, I think, I, I think I'm confident to say Eagle is the most talented disc golfer to ever grace the face of the earth. Yeah. I, I won't agree. say he's the best yet, because you got to win a lot more to be the best. Yeah. But I think he's by far the most talented player to ever he, play disc golf
1: his ability to shot shape the disc was just put on full display with him not having his incredible tool. That That's is what I was going to say. Forehand. Does
0: he shoot better out there with a the forehand?
1: I or would, would he, I w- think he would have done w- exactly the same. Or I would he so. have yeah. relied on it too much to where he, I don't Yeah. Know. Tough to say. I, it is tough to say. It's one of those, like it makes the decision easier for you when you don't yeah. have the forehand, but I would, I'd feel confident saying he would have done the same thing. Um, however, I think him going into the weekend with low expectations for himself is what helped him get off to that hot start. And then he's the guy where you get him rolling. Um, you know, he's going to, he's going to do well. The old Eagle, you got him rolling and he could be stopped by his own head. Not anymore. I was going to say the old Eagle that's, crumbles that yeah, final round. That's not Eagle. Mm-hmm. That hasn't been Eagle for a while. And like that's,
0: you go into 18, he has the birdie to win. Yeah. yeah. Count him out.
1: Eagle has a, has a much better killer instinct fighter kind of attitude to him. And He'll duel with anybody, and I mean, when he's when he's throwing some of the shapes, he's throwing those aggressive rollers, crazy turners, lefties. I mean, I like, think
2: it, I think it probably helps too that say? he came into this tournament probably not expecting to win because of his injury. That's what I just said. Is it, oh okay, sorry, <laughs> sorry.
0: Well, I just, he saying, so, listening. Okay. I just
2: no, I was listening. So I was just saying that, like, yeah, he he. So he didn't have that pressure on there instead it felt more like a gift
1: that's true i mean even yeah regardless of his own pressure he also had a lack of outside pressure because yeah people knew he was hurt well i mean there is until round three yeah yeah no yeah until round three i'm yes, saying yes. to get after started round
0: one it's like oh wow didn't expect that from eagle after round two you're like okay eagle's in this now all the pressure's back on so he yeah. played two rounds under immense pressure oh absolutely and still won yeah so like
1: he he's insane i mean he didn't miss a c1x putt until like the last round i'm pretty sure it was
0: no 17 18
2: round three his putt. Or round is, three, it was. It was the end of round three. His history. putt looks like it is coming out of a putting machine. He's yeah. so good. It's crazy. Yeah. He's so him good. and Paul's putts were both on. We him. won't
0: see him again until Worlds. So he's going to take a few more weeks off in between. I think, I, I imagine mm-hmm. that he's just like, hey, I need my arm to keep rehabbing. I'm going to just play the majors. Smart, so I'd imagine smart. after Worlds, you Here, probably well, won't see him at the CGC. Here's what I've
1: learned is uh, we've learned this from now, Chris Dickerson and him. Guess what? If they, disc golfers that are super good take breaks, it doesn't matter. They're mm. still really good. <laughs> like, yeah. it, I think also for Eagle, like I think him having that time off was probably just good. Like sometimes it's good to get away a, a little bit and like get all the bad habits out of your game. And just kind of rely on your talent, especially like when he had no forehand, he had to just rely on his talent to be able to throw those backhand lines. And I mean, he's good enough to do well, that. Well,
0: that's the thing is Worlds, DDO, Eagles performed well there before. I think it's a course courses that set up well for him.
1: Oh, he absolutely could win
0: worlds. He, I mean, I mean, in my opinion, I, I agree. I think him or Rick's the favorite to win worlds this year. Yeah, I it, think, it, I think it's one of them two. Personally, it wouldn't surprise me if someone like Simon was able to do something crazy. Um, but if I was a betting man, I think this is the first year I'm not betting on Paul, which probably means he's going to win. But I think this is the first year in the last like seven years that I'm not. I don't know. I like mean, if I all, had to put my money on my head. No, none
1: of us bet on him to win this one, and we all got away with it. So. I think it's getting safer to not bet well, on lot Well, what of I'm
0: days. saying is, like, at Worlds, though, Worlds is always a whole different story. But
1: the European Open, he has not lost since I bet on him to win. So but I it's still, a pretty similar story. I still feel
0: a lot, like, I feel stronger about Worlds. <laughs> well,
1: yeah, he feels stronger about Worlds. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. But, yeah, so, I mean, I mean there's no doubt that you also, like, out,
0: Major Paul still showed up at the European Open. He lost, true. but Major Paul still showed up.
1: Didn't show up at the Champions Cup.
0: He did not. He did not show up at so the Champions So
1: that's where Cup. I, I kind of lost a little bit of hope, although that is, that is the fake Major, so...
0: Yeah, it's the newest major. <laughs> yeah. I would call it a fake major. You also now can no longer say Eagle doesn't have a real major win. You used to love that one. I used to love that one. You used to love no, saying yeah, no. Day wasn't a real major, blah, I'm blah, blah. Like that, yeah. Um, he slapped is... you around. He just won the European Open.
1: Well, the field wasn't at full strength.
0: I think European <laughs> Open. <laughs> Let me know what <laughs>
1: you There is The only real majors are Worlds at USDTC, let's be honest.
0: Okay. Uh, <laughs> I was have to say, watching the European Open, I might like it more than USDTC. I'm gonna say it.
1: Strongly disagree with that. I'm gonna say it. It's it's just not. It's clearly not as like.
0: If it happens every year, I will slowly like it more. The
1: reason that why I like USDGC, forget. Well, it has to do with the course. Is because even the best players of our time have a lot of trouble winning it repeatedly, over and over again. And it, it like they're. I just like the European Open because like it's not a European Open like a
0: professional event,
1: and USDGC isn't
0: minus the course like we're yeah. we, we're on a college no, a college campus it's a weird it always <laughs> will be a
1: weird disc golf thing but somehow that weird course that they have made for usdgc produces the most random results ever it is the most demanding event sure. to win i think they'll be able
0: to recreate it somewhere else and i think they need to do that very short
1: very soon i, I would agree but i i mean usdgc is still my favorite major
0: I just like as we got closer and closer to the European Open and like the President's Cup started happening, and they're and I started still not, seeing clips here's, of the course. I'm like, the other problem dang, I have with I'm European
1: Open, well really the only problem I have with European Open, because I agree it is a phenomenal major, is the fact that we still don't have a full field over there. So it's it's still it's still That's t-
0: not the fault of the event though. It also didn't say it my was. fault. My fault with <laughs> it's why I didn't like it as every much. other year. Like why are we doing this every other year?
1: Well we don't know that they're hopefully they don't continue. They were
0: talking that. about it on the on the broadcast and they Nate Doss said, said uh he, thinks they he goes, are? I think UC would have a he said something like Basically said, there's no. I don't think UC would want to do it every year, or something along those lines. So, so I mean, like, I
1: don't like only having three majors. In I a don't.
0: Year. I don't understand if European Open is going to happen every other year, not a major. Yeah, like yeah, a, I would agree. The European Open majors need to happen. Where every year. the sport is at a spot where the top players can get over there every year, they can. Yeah. Whether they choose not to, like Chris yeah. Dickerson or not, that's yeah. another story we'll talk about here in a second. They can get over there. Yeah. So let's have it every year. Yeah. What are I, we doing?
1: I understand it's tough to run, but then like, get some more people behind it. Like, make it happen. Like, well,
0: but in 2016, they ran it back-to-back. Back. They just ran it as a world
1: tour event they, in the next year. It can be done. I mean, there's big events that happen every year. So yeah. like make it
0: yeah, uh, make it happen. Another big storyline this weekend um, is Chandler Kramer. Uh, Who is that guy? He, okay. He looked like he showed up. I, I sent the tweet out, and I still mean it. He looked like he showed up for a weekly and like a random draw dubs weekly. It was like, oh shoot, his lead card at a major. Like <laughs> he's throwing only four hands. He had an unconventional unconventional form. He was wearing rockin' just, you know, athletic shorts and a dry fit t-shirt. Fits the dress code. I'm not gonna complain about it, whatever. And here he is freaking tearing this course apart.
1: Yeah, I don't understand. I forehand don't, only, like he was throwing make tumbleweed
0: case. forehand rollers all over the place. I don't even
1: understand. Good how for he did Lone that.
0: Star, first yeah. off. Uh secondly, what did we just witness?
1: I don't know. It was it was very bizarre. It was like I wasn't like really sure. I just like oh yeah, that's Chandler Kramer still like chilling on the lead card. Like, yeah, he, like he stayed there. Anywhere. I don't.
0: It was impressive. His putt was very good. He only only threw four hands. Did he end up in solo third? So, fourth.
1: He got fourth. He got jumped. Yeah, yeah. that's crazy. Kevin Jones jumped. Kevin Jones. Shout out Kevin Jones. But man. so
0: he was going into this event. He was five for nine at cashing at elite series or majors prior to the Europe trip. But most of the caches were were pretty yeah. far down there. But then he goes fifth at Sula. And then fifth of the European Open.
2: It's the blonde hair. Back to
0: back. Fifth fifth. Chandler Kramer. Chandler Kramer. remember the My name favorite, Chandler Kramer. Uh, to be completely honest with you, I don't I don't think we're ever gonna see much of him. No, more. dude. He, he has a talent to pop off at random events, but forehand only Watch limits out for, you listen to me right a now a lot more than back. Watch out only. for
1: Chandler Kramer at USDC if he's there. That's fair, because that's a forehand event. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's a forehand Watch event. out for that because he'll that's he'll, what I'm he'll saying. throw it inbounds all over that he course. He can
0: pop off. He can pop off here and there, but he he's gonna have to develop a capable backhand to compete. You mm-hmm. uh, backhand only players, <laughs> backhand only players can get by with it. You have yeah. more spin control, more angle control, more speed. You can do a lot more of the backhand. Forehand only players, they can pop off at certain courses. You you can't consistently be at the top with forehand only. Yeah, it's just not gonna happen. So super cool it happened. It was an amazing storyline, and he was throwing lines that I'm like, I mean that's a backhand hyzer, and this dude just went forehand Annie flex wild shot he was throwing some incredible shots out there so props to him I mean he played out of his mind back-to-back events it seems like Sula and European Open so pretty crazy very impressive Europe trip he's coming home like dang I'm happy I made that trip because it also was a ballsy <laughs> move to go to Europe yeah if you're seriously. only cashed it five I mean five of five elite series or majors this year you never know though maybe the guy's already loaded maybe but regardless uh he's definitely I mean no doubt he could he could make a career out there. Like his what his fourth place take home? What did fourth place take home? Oh, I, have, I have the cash list. I'm actually curious. Um, European Open.
1: I feel like the purses like, go under the radar a lot these days. I feel like nobody wants to talk about it. It was a
0: solid purse. It was a solid purse. I figure European
1: Open would
0: be a good one. So, in NPO, the Eagle took home $12,000. Oh, good. Uh, second took home eight. 3rd took home $6,000. 4th Chandler Cramer took home 4500 Nice. Heck yeah. Th- pay. That's a good yeah, that's a good pay on oh, went 8,000, 5,000, 3200, 2000. The total nice. purse was $100,000. Good. All right. A solid pay. That is
1: respectable. 12k to take him a major. That is that, that is very respectable.
0: Yeah. Now we have to talk about Ricky out there. He came in 12th place. Yeah, dude. He's which if you look at if you take a step back and you look at a major you're like, oh, 12th place isn't that bad. It was a very weak field. Yeah. Very weak field compared to a normal major. And, and the drop off. This is the biggest third, thing. He ended second, up I mean. 26 strokes off pace. Yeah, that's that's that bizarre. Is crazy. Ricky, in my opinion, Ricky was the only other guy in that field that could have kept that pace. Yeah, and he ended twenty six strokes off of it. It's it so happen. weird because like shot I wonder,
1: him. I wonder if his injury flared up at all. I didn't hear anything about it. That's why I didn't either. And I was like, it must be. He no, hasn't posted about it or anything. I think
0: it was just an off weekend. i am being honest I with you. Guess. I think that's it was just an, just an off weekend. I don't know. That's a really um, not supposed to do. Doesn't that. mean he still he still shot like under par out there. Like it's. It, I think what it is, it is a tough course. We just had two guys making it look easy. Yeah, so like maybe you forget the, that it's a tough. And course. maybe once there, there's a lot of OB. So if you're a little off, yeah. Like I mean, even looking at Eagle, he had several breaks where like he kicked into the woods and stuff like that, and it was like, oh wow, he has a wide open gap. Right. He kicks a little farther right. And he's not getting up and down. And maybe it could just be you're not getting a break. Paul breaks. and Eagle
1: got enough separation early that Ricky kind of got like zoned out a little bit. Maybe because that'd be pretty easy to do.
0: Still very surprising because I was going into this thinking, I mean, I picked Ricky in my top three. Mm-hmm. Ricky to me was a safe pick in my top three. I put Paul and James Conrad because I'm like double points major. I want a chance to like really pop off here. Yeah, um, I did. I gained more points on y'all, but uh, I put Ricky as my safe pick because I'm like surely Ricky's coming top three out here. Yeah, and then he came in twelfth, uh, and very disappointing to, to not see Chris Dickerson out there. Yeah, like maybe. he's arguably yeah, the best player in the world. Dickerson makes me mad. You have to show up at majors. I don't understand. Like I get he doesn't like flying, but Discraft just charter him a boat or something. Yeah, get like the get the guy, the guy over there. <laughs> I, yeah, it makes me really. It's gotta be like it's a major. Yeah. Ugh. I don't Because I would have loved to have seen like what if what if Chris Dick like what if Chris Dickerson could have kept that pace? And what if Dickerson's up there with him? Could have had a three horse. Or what if it exposed Dickerson and he's down below? Ricky. I don't. Yeah, I. It's I t- like, like you, we won't know now because he didn't show up.
1: It's just a frustrating situation because like the guy is clearly committed to like he's going to make his living playing disc golf and do what he wants, and then that's going to be that. But yeah. like it's it's just a bummer. It, it is a bummer for the rest of the sport and for the people that enjoy watching you play when like you are depriving us of your greatness.
0: That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like on our on our power ranking, he is number one in the world, yeah. and I think he deserves that spot. I think he's the best player in the world. As of right now, but like when you don't show up to a major, what am I supposed to do with that?
1: Yeah, it really like What am I supposed to do with that? It's really? I don't yeah. know. It really yeah.
0: When's his next event? DeGlo.
1: He is going to DeGlo. I believe. And he'll probably win.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He'll probably win. And he'll be like, ah, he's back. He's back. Chris Dixon's the best player in the world. And it's like, frick.
1: Show up to a major, dude. Come on, Chris. Well, he'll Come be on, with the Chris. last two majors at least. At least we, well, we, he won Champions Cup. We shouldn't have. We shouldn't have to have this talk again, right, for the rest of the year. We shouldn't. I think he's back. I think, I think he's now. We're going to the East Coast because upcoming
0: events. He's at Diglo, Ledstone, Des Moines Worlds, and he's registered for Lake Marshall already. But he'll be at USADC. Okay, like so we it, should, we hope the rest we are, of the tour he's, hopefully he's done there.
1: with that with the Chris Dickerson mess, yeah. but like, oh my gosh, Chris Dickerson. All right, let's get into some points we here. got to just teleport him around.
0: Trevor, who was in last place coming into the weekend, got two points for his MPO predictions, eight points for his FPO predictions, which gave him 10 points and brings him up to 53 points. Good job, Trevor. Nice. Come on. Connor got two points for his MPO prediction, 12 right. points for FPO. Heck yeah. He predicted first and second, right? Double <laughs> points weekend. Big for Connor, 68 Big points on. is where Connor is at now. He extended his lead on Trevor. Get right. and then That's an irrelevant lead. I got six points for MPO, eight points that for FPO, and four points for <laughs> my dark saying. horse pick. So I am now yeah. at a nice round number of a hundred. It doesn't matter what we do. <laughs> I've reached a hundred points. We
1: both have to pay an equal amount, so it is was a, that the rule? Yeah, we have to split we Dang split it. buying Hunter changes. Was that the rule?
0: I feel like second I didn't feel have like- to buy. I feel no, like I shouldn't get true. punished for beating Trevor. No, I'm Trevor. pretty sure... We'll have to go back and look, because I'm pretty sure second place didn't have to buy. So, you like, first place, you got Chick-fil-A. Second place, you don't get I mean, Chick-fil-A. That would, or that you buy, third place more sense. I'm pretty sure that's what we did.
1: That's fair. Whatever. I mean, it's it's over.
0: No, it's not. Well, it's... I... I you want now, y'all aren't going to catch me, but yeah. between y'all two, like, <laughs> no, there's yeah. a lot of events. Left. Uh, no, there's between, still two me no, between Connor and I. It's
1: not over, but c- the problem is the predictions are so similar that like I would have to pick very perfectly for hey, the last hey, few events. Bet
0: him on Austin Hannum. That's
1: what I did. Yeah, that, well, he's not going to take a bet with me.
2: I saw you all almost yeah. bet lunch. We almost did. I was trying
1: to get on Trevor to do something. What was that? I think I don't top five. Yeah, but then yeah. I was like, well, that's going to happen.
2: Yeah.
0: All right, yeah. and. Probably. Paul, one of the bigger- I mean,
2: I wanted. I I said that Paul was going to win. He didn't win, but he did a good job. I will say it. He's back. He's not. Back. He's not back. <laughs> He's not back.
0: I think. I think we're on risk of if he doesn't win. D-Glow, I mean, it's going to be a tough season for Paul. I think. I'm I think. Not, I'm I think
1: really, it's. I'm really not willing to. to I feel much. like the
0: European Open was probably the loss that hurt more than him coming 51st at DDO. Yeah, I'm not you really going to— play gonna, that good and you lose. I'm That's not going to
1: call Paul washed up until— I'll never call him washed until, up. Well, if this whole rest of the season goes by and he doesn't win again, washed up.
0: All right. Uh, If you haven't seen it yet, a rules official called Nico on a time violation on the 18th hole in round two. Nico proceeded to get up in his face, ask him why multiple times before telling the official to step away. Ask him why
1: is like a nice way to put that, basically what he did. Yeah, Yeah. that was a nice Uh, way. He basically uh, yelled why, like right in his face. Before
0: telling the official to step away, which the official did. And then Nico went after him and gets back in his face saying, you want to stare me down? And then the camera cuts. So we don't really know what happens beyond that. Uh, after the round he was approached by the PDGA director of competition and refused to cooperate per the PDGA statement yeah bro like
1: what that's even better that he didn't even cooperate afterwards the
0: PDGA statement says additionally when approached by Jeff Quad PDGA's director of competition for further information on the incident Mr. Castro refused to cooperate or even discuss the matter uh, and then competition manual 303.b8 states that obstruction of or failure to, or refusal to cooperate with any investigation by an official into a player conduct or the conduct of another player, also constitutes as player misconduct, which led to Nico being Dang. disqualified from the tournament. Since then, Gateway has made the following statement. Gateway Disc Sports does not condone the actions or behaviors of our mixed bag-sponsored player Nico LaCastro at the European Open yesterday. Effective immediately, Nico's contract with GDS, Gateway Disports, will be suspended until a full investigation surrounding the incident can be conducted. We apologize for any damage his actions may have caused for the European Open, its organizers, and sponsors, the PDGA, the Pro Tour... And the sport of disc golf as a whole. Gateway Disc Sports is a small business that employs dozens of people and supports thousands of courses, clubs, players, and events. We ask the disc golf community not to hold our brand, distributors, supporters, or affiliates accountable for the actions of one individual player. Clash Discs, his other sponsor. I want to know what lawyer they got to write that statement because it's very eloquent. <laughs> I'm just like, who wrote that? That must have been a difficult
2: conversation for yeah, Dave.
0: One. Uh, Clash Discs also released a statement and said Clash Discs would like to thank Nico Lacascio for apologizing for his actions that took place at the European Open. However, we do not condone these actions or behaviors, and because of this, we will not be continuing our professional relationships with Nico Lacastro We wish Nico the best Dang. for his future. Um, Nico then posted an apology on Facebook and Instagram. He also sent out some tweets. Uh, I'll read the tweets here. Um, do you want me to read his Instagram post? Post his... Uh, <laughs> let me see.
1: The Instagram post was pretty... Basic,
0: Nico said, as you know, Twitter never mind. I didn't see his Instagram. Nico said, as you know, I've made a mistake in my disc golf career. I'm taking temporary leave of absence. I'll be back with a new outlook. Positive change is necessary for me right now. I love the sport of disc golf and have made a commitment to work on my mental and physical health. Then he said, another one that says, I love all of you who will support me through this process of self reflection. It's okay to fall down sometimes, but it's never okay to stay there. There's an opportunity for me to do some inner work. Probably not his option to, to take some yeah, a leave of absence. He's gonna be but, given a leave of absence.
2: It's uh, like it's like Ryan in the office whenever he's like, I actually decided to do some community service, and then Jim's like, Oh, you mean like court ordered community
0: service? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so <some laughs> people much. were trying to defend him, saying, like, look at other sports. People go after refs or official. Uh, yeah, and they get fined. Yeah, and say, here's they're overlooking a few few basic things. First off, pace of those sports is typically a lot higher, which makes the outburst seem to fit a little bit well, more.
1: Well, but also, okay. F- Two things people were bringing up the um, the baseball one. First of all, arguing with the ump in baseball is it's like fighting in hockey to where like it's such a part of the culture of baseball and the spectatorship of it that like it's not even like it's almost considered part of the sport. And guess what? You get ejected for it most of the time. Second of all, if you did that like in basketball, for an example, if you got up in a rest face like that, you're getting fined. You're getting your tech. You're you're out of there. And you're also getting suspended, probably. Yeah. Like it, it there well, would be consequences.
0: Second, those outbursts are basically always accompanied by fines, technical fouls, ejections, etc. And there's been several cases of suspensions on top of that as well. Yeah. So you can't really defend them by looking at other sports. I did see one that was crazy, where a tennis person like went and beat the like ump's stand and almost oh, hit him in his yeah. ankle, and apparently <laughs> he wasn't suspended for that. My response to that is that was just a poor look on tennis. Like they yeah. should have suspended him. It's for that. Also, yeah, the other <laughs> thing
1: is like this is a different sport, so like let's not. Yeah used other precedent.
0: And regardless, I think what we have to talk about here is A, disqualifying him from the event, easy, low-hanging fruit. Like yeah. That had to be done. Secondly, what do, what do you expect the PDGA to do from here? Because depending on how the PDGA interprets yeah. this, this could lead to a suspension Wait. up to 24 months. Yeah, well, the
1: problem is, if you look at the PDGA rules, he like did literally textbook because they have in words intimidation, and stalking, like stalking the guy down, like not like stalking, like following. Um, well, no,
0: I think class A offense, though, a lot of times is talking about like stalking. stalking. Oh,
1: okay. Well, in, in any case, intimidation. Intimidation um, is is like big written one. right there, and that is like basically what he was doing. Um And so, if they look at their own guidelines, then he fits right in that class A. The problem is too, like Nico is always. You know, had some problematic things happen. He never really takes it out on other people, so it's kind of always like, ah, whatever. Um, but this is different. Like this guy, literally, it's so rich because everybody. The last time we talked about Nico taking too much time, everybody went, "Stop complaining just just like grow a pair and and call him on the time violations." Like you shouldn't be scared to call a guy in your card. Some a rules official does his job, calls him. What happens? He almost gets punched in the face. Like. That is why people weren't calling him, and that's yeah. what that's what I always said. Like, oh, there's probably a reason they're not calling him because they're scared to. This is why, um, because maybe this isn't the first time this has happened. Maybe he's done it before on non televised cards or like.
0: Which props to the Disc Golf Network for cutting back to that. Moment. Yeah, because that props. wasn't on. That wasn't on coverage. They yeah, like they were like, this happened moments ago, and then cut to it to show everyone what happened. So pretty baller move there.
1: Yeah i I just can't even like it. Well, personally.
0: I expect somewhere between like a 6 to 12 month yeah, suspension. Yeah. I would, if I, I, would
1: I would guess right on right on a year is what I'm guessing.
0: Yeah. Going on like coming into all of this, you know, throughout this year, I've felt bad for Nico because like he, within modern day disc golf era, he's earned this like bad boy rep yeah. and stuff. And you can tell that like sometimes that really gets under his skin and hurts him because he's like, I've done so much good for the sport. And like you're, you're overlooking when he was like the best player in the world in like the 09 era and like so much has been washed out. And so I was feeling bad for him. But then you go and do something like this and you just prove everyone right. And so yeah. like at some point he's got to be held accountable. And to me, why I think a suspension is necessary is is like if all they do is disqualify him from the event and he shows up. Obviously, he said he's taking some time off, probably hoping if I take some time off, maybe they won't make me. Uh, but regardless, like if he shows up to the next event, let's just say he rolled up D Glow and he's like, I can play. Yeah. Who's calling this man? No one. Yeah. yeah. Like what? Yeah. You just watched what happened. And like, yeah, mm-hmm. what, if I'm on hold two and I see him blatantly foot fault or in Nico's case, mm-hmm. take a minute and a half. Yeah. No chance I'm calling him because I'm like, nah, no, dude, dude, we'll pl- I'll play a six hour round. I ain't trying to get my teeth kicked in. Yeah, like, yeah, why, why am I calling this dude? So y- y- he's like, at that point, whether or not he's actually a danger to those around him, he feels like a danger to those around him. Yeah. So whether or not he actually would act beyond what he did, because like at the end of the day. He didn't punch anyone that we saw. Yeah. He he didn't like do anything like physically. He just intimidated the crap out of someone and got yeah. up in their face like he was going to start a fight. Yeah. And if the official would have got back up in his face, who knows? A fight what might start. What a started.
1: childish thing to do! Like I'm at, yeah, like, but it's like, it's such a like small brain thing to do to just now like, at that point, get up in somebody's face like that. But now at this point, <laughs> especially when there's like no, there's like, like no have a reason. Yeah, to do yeah. It like oh, oh my, like their like like first reaction just, is like, let me just get in your face and stare at you. He's like, why
0: time violation? Why PDGA rules? And he's like. Step like, back from me. Yeah. It's like a
1: school bully reaction to, to something. Yeah, like, seriously. oh my gosh, grow up. But
0: yeah. So in my opinion, like the PJ has to suspend him Yeah, because like you can't let him back out on the course right now. And also then like if you don't suspend him, it brings in the question of like why the heck you suspend Bradley Williams so hard right, a few yeah, years ago. Yeah. And also the next person who does it's like, well, hey. I can intimidate the frick out of my card mates because yeah. I'm not getting suspended. I will
1: say that Bradley Williams, I think that that was really bad precedent. So I think we need to just, I think they
0: overreacted that.
1: Yeah, I think we need to, whenever, if Nico only gets a year, we don't need to all be like, well, then how come Bradley got two years? That was a bad that's suspension. I think, Brad, so we need to, we need I to think, let yeah. that go, but also understand that we he at least needs to see some time. Yeah, if, that's what I'm saying. Six months takes Nico through Bradley. the rest of the year. Yeah. <laughs> justice Pre- for Bradley. Free Bradley. Pre- uh, Bradley.
0: Nico needs at least six months, in my opinion. That gets him through the end of the year, but he's back before the next tour year. If they come out with six months, I'd be like, okay, you know what? That makes sense. I also, if they come out with twelve months, I'm like, that's completely fair too. If they come out with two years, I can see why, because again, it's in their rule book. That could end the career of Nico Castro.
1: Yeah, no, it's, there's no doubt. Like, I mean, he is, you know, in his young thirties now, but like. He is one of those guys that's been clawing around and like still able to cash and like show up and like do okay on the tour. But the tour is getting better really fast. And if he has to take two years off, that could be it. Well,
0: like, like two years. Might like might be able to make it back. You'll lose your sponsors. He you already lost. He's suspended by one, lost the other. If you're not playing for two years, I mean, what would people pay you for? Like sponsor wise, nothing. Yeah, that's another big and thing. So is, like, yeah, getting your sponsor. You're not back. gonna have any income. Right. So like two years yeah, of like know. you gotta go find a way to make money, and then you're not gonna be able to practice this golf level you do. As I'm saying, if they went to the two month, this could legitimately be the end of Nico LaCastro, Like as far as a player goes.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. He's I mean he's
0: one of those guys too. It's that it, like, that, that side makes me sad because, but at the same time, like I like that side makes me wanna feel bad for him. I don't him, feel bad. But on the flip side of the coin, I'm like. Oh, just don't be an idiot. Yeah, you just, had your Just warnings. a very simple thing: don't act like a toddler yeah. getting your toy taken away, yeah. and you won't be here. So yeah, I'm, I'm very curious to see what the PDJ does. Uh, I again, I expected to be between a six to twelve month suspension, but I think if the PDJ doesn't suspend him, I think that's a very bad move by the PDGA. If the PDJ is like, you know what, we disqualified him from a major, he's not suspended. Then yeah, then that one, I'm like, that's really a very bad move by the PDJ yeah. in my opinion. So I think yeah. he has to be suspended of some su- some type. I'm very curious to see what it see will. I expect a statement today or tomorrow.
1: I want to see a suspension come out and then like a, an appeal and like a hearing for a suspension. That's what I want to see. I expect, <laughs> I expect we'll hear today <laughs> or tomorrow
0: because I'd imagine they didn't want to post prior to the winner, obviously. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to take any attention off the event, but they obviously need to post before the next right. event that he could play in. Right. Mm-hmm. So I would expect a statement of some type to be made today or tomorrow. It we'll might see. come out before this podcast comes out, but...
1: I was. Uh, I just know that he's begging for like some forgiveness right now. But like, yeah, I hope that he shouldn't. Uh, yeah, get
0: it. I mean, but the thing is like you were given a lot of time to change. Like it's not like yeah. you weren't aware that you take too much time playing disc golf. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Like it's not that's like That's the thing I don't understand. Is like literally like an hour ago, you guys made a joke about me taking too long, like playing disc golf, and I will never do it again. <laughs> Just because I'm like, well, I'm obviously if somebody else notices it, I'm not gonna do that again. I can't imagine if it was actually like a rule problem called on me multiple times. Like if it, I feel like Nico you should be able play, to figure
1: that out. If you watch Nico play up close, he is so in his head like I was literally like on his card once caddying for Brody and like you watch him play and he is so in his head that he's not even he just it does not even cross his mind how long he's been standing over his lie like he 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 just has to work on his mental game and mental just like (laughs) capacity in general to like not overreact to things like it's just some I mean it's sad because like you can tell like he just kind of snaps and like you know it's a bummer, but like yeah. you've got to you got to figure it out, or you can't be you can't put yourself well, like, in situations where you're going to get to that level of stress yeah. to where that's going to happen, and you're going to hurt somebody.
0: Well, like that's what you got to look at the positive side of Bradley Williams' situation, right? Is was his suspension way too long back then? Absolutely, I think the PDGA has adjusted things since then because I remember that there was a wasn't there was like a um, I don't want to call it a strike, but like players were refusing to play until they heard more of an explanation back then when Bradley got uh, suspended, right? Because it was just kind of out of the blue. For shoulder checking Matt Dollar, but it wasn't even really that much of a shoulder check. Long story. But the bright side of that is if you look at Bradley Williams now, the dude is the most calm, composed, professional. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, like he, he figured it out. Yeah, and like he now looks like a joy to play with. Yeah. He looks like one of the like best guys to play with out there. Yeah. And he was able to come back and play at... A higher level than he played at before. Yeah, Super smooth. Like he's one of the smoothest throwers out there. And now it looks like everyone's just excited to play on a car with Bradley Williams. Yeah. When you go back to like pre work on himself, Bradley, it was a very similar you thing know, to Nico. It was kind
1: of like it, Big Germ. You remember Big Germ back in the day used to like freak out on the course. Like there are events where you can like find him like on cover just way back in the day, like, like just like yelling and like being so mad. And like obviously now he's a delight.
2: Yeah. Saying, like- I'm not going to lie. I don't see that happening for Nico though. I, I want to say that he's gonna figure his crap out like during this time. I don't think he. I think he might put on a show whenever he comes back, and it, he's gonna for the first few rounds. He's gonna be calm and collected, but I think that there are probably deeper rooted issues that. Well, the thing that is, like when you anger. come
0: back, you're on probation. So like, yeah. you come back. Well, yeah. you're back, but like, you can't just be on your best behavior for one event. Like you gotta, yeah. if if something happens. Gone. Right. Yeah. I, I
2: just. I think that whenever you're whenever you're showing that kind of stuff, there's well, there's other stuff. But I also feel like
0: this has to be close to rock bottom as far as the mm-hmm. disc golf thing goes mm-hmm. for Nico. Yeah. And a lot of times, that's what it takes to be like, hey, yeah, you know what? Maybe I should like. You I know mean, to go to work on mental and physical health and stuff like that. Like, yeah. great. Because like, Nico is again one of the more talented players we've ever seen. If you go back to like 2009 to 2012 era, and like what well, this dude, he was the first one to like. Instead of develop, developing his forehand, he start throwing back like lefty backhand and stuff. I would love to see Nico six months suspension come back next year. Twelve month suspension come back, and he's actually worked on himself. He's cool, calm, and collected. And this era, their last memories of Nico LeCastro as he finishes and retires is all positive of him. How good he was at disc golf. How he could throw those crazy flex lines. Yeah, you know his how good he is at putting because he's a great putter when he's on too. Mm-hmm. All of that. And then how level-headed he was. Because that's what everyone's memory is going to be of Bradley yeah, Williams. That's very true. So, yeah, like, you're right. you have a chance here. So, to me... He's that's got one more chance, probably. Yeah, but that's what I would love. is like, he comes back... I would love to see that, yeah. He's got everything taken care of. You know, all his ducks in a row. And the memory everyone has of Nico. Because, like, this generation's memory of Nico isn't great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Generation before it, pretty good memory of Nico when he was an absolute baller. He has a chance to come back and, like, change everyone's perception. And... You know, I think that would be great. And I think it starts with a suspension from PDGA. I think that's the first or the next step here. But let's do some power ranking updates. We've got some arguments to go over, I think. Because I don't know what the heck to do with this list. I'm looking at it. I didn't change anything on it yet because I couldn't. I don't know what to do. That's where I'm at. <laughs> I would. Prove me wrong. We have Chris Dickerson first in the world. Ricky Wysocki second. Simon Lizop third. Gannon Burr fourth. Paul Matty O. 5th, Calvin Heimberg, 6th, Paul McBeth, 7th, Joel so, Freeman, 8th, James Conrad, Nine, Kyle Klein, Ten. So
1: I'll ask you questions and then you can give me rationale. Okay. Yep. Um, Why don't we bump Paul up?
0: We can, but here's the thing. You can jump Calvin Heimberg. Yeah. Matteo Gannon Burr, not there. Yes. So can he jump them?
1: Tough to same I mean, If he, he
0: th- jumps them, then he needs to almost jump Simon and Ricky, but then do Simon and Ricky, because neither of them played well. Ricky beat Simon. Do they fall below did Gannon Ricky and Mattio? Did end up beating Simon?
1: Yeah. Uh, okay. I knew it got pretty close.
0: Do, do they fall below Gannon, and Burmadio? Because of the, again, then... Why the heck was Gannon not there We either. didn't go
2: over Dark Horse picks. Yeah, no, we, we did. did. I won. 101. By I don't know where I was.
1: considerable amount. Oh, I was looking at Ricky's Instagram I, to
2: see if he described uh, anything.
1: Gannon wasn't there either. Like, that bothers me so much. I'm
0: almost... Po- if Gannon was there... He was there, not. He was not there. I was going to say, if Gannon was there, he probably shouldn't I have been. I
1: just don't. Like, I don't like that. I want to see, like, Gannon's another guy, like, at that course. Who knows how well he could have played there? Dang it. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. So I don't know what to do with it. That's what bothers me so much about, like, when you, it's one thing when this happens at a pro tour, when it happens at a major, it's despicable. It's like, that stinks. But now you
0: see why I don't know what to do with it. Because, like, I know. If you move Paul up, which I think we have to,
1: I think we, I think we bump, I think Gannon was not there. Here's what I think we do I think we move Paul above Matty O. Because what we've seen from Paul is like, oh, yeah, he's still Paul. He's still better than Matty L. Let's move him up to there. Let's keep Gannon in his spot, though. Because so Here's g- the
0: tough thing, too. It's Calvin Heinberg beat Ricky and Simon as well. He came in eighth.
1: Yeah, but he didn't do anything tremendous. Like, I, I'm, I'm more, I think we just have to, like, there are some that, like, I'm very moved to, like, we need to do something, and, like, Paul needs to move up.
0: Okay, so Gannon Burr. Now then we have Paul, Paul, Paul in fifth. fifth. Yeah. Let's slide him there puts Mattio in 6. Calvin Heinberg stay in 7. Let's put Calvin ahead of O as well. But see like now we're just punishing Mattio for not going.
1: I don't really have a problem with that. Okay. I don't really have a problem with that. <laughs> like it's one it's it's one thing if you're well, injured.
0: Well, I bet O played uh we don't factor these in?
1: But like go go to the major. But it, like there was a
0: lot of a lot of semi-big events that were happening over here. I bet they just played those. Like, what did he play this past weekend? No. Nothing.
1: Might not be in yet. What does it say? It's Midsummer Texas. Meltdown. What the heck is that? I
0: don't know. That's what he played Nothing. this weekend. He won by one stroke over, over some who? Sullivan Tipton. Never heard of him. London? That, is that, doesn't, you?
1: that doesn't count. Very funny.
0: Ezra Robinson was there. He beat the that crap out of him. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Okay, not so Calvin Heinberg jumps Mattio.
1: Yeah, let's do that. I feel comfortable doing that, knowing that, like, both those players that just jumped Matty O could beat Matty O very easily next week. Yeah. But you know what? Matty o, I'm sure he'll end up just sneaking his way right back into fifth place where he likes to be.
0: All right. And then Ricky Simon. They just keep him where they are. keep so keep yeah. them second third. It's
1: pretty gross week for the power rankings.
0: That's what I'm saying. I don't know what to do with this crap. Yeah,
1: I think we I think we just shift it like that. Because Kyle
0: Klein wasn't there. James
1: Conrad sucked too, didn't he? No, he didn't suck. I mean he sure? fell off, but like I don't think he, like I don't want to say he did that bad.
0: What place, you, what place would you guess he came in?
1: I mean, he's probably top top 20, right?
0: I don't know. I haven't looked. No, he 20th,
1: did lose. To, 20th. Yeah, i say he lost to Brody.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay, top 20, though.
0: That is true. He came 20th. Uh, I'm surprised that was Kyle Klein not out there? How did? How is a third Crush Boy not the Discmania event?
1: I don't <laughs> understand. I don't understand what was keeping people out of Europe.
0: I think we remove everyone that wasn't in Europe off the power rankings as a punishment.
1: It makes me mad. And as we
0: a just, punishment? Yeah. And the people who were there. And, like, I know people are going to really find comments out like like, Well, that. some people can't afford to oh, go to Europe. Note. But
1: a lot of them get their flights paid for. Kyle they, Klein could have been in Europe. Like, 100%. yeah, Discmania sure. would have Gandenburg,
0: loved him. Gannon Burr. I mean, Prodigy. Gannon Burr's made, like, 30 grand
1: me. this year, man. Like, buy like, a ticket.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> buy a here's ticket. Here's the thing, right? You might be saying Eagle McMahon belongs in the top 10. Here's what Trevor and I were at, right? Eagle. Let's just look at where Eagle's done this season or haven't done. Dang, dude. It's rough. Well, he's been injured all season.
1: Yeah, he's hurt. Because, like,
0: to me, Eagles <laughs> injured beginning of the season, right? So he doesn't have a good start to the season. He goes 21st Las Vegas, 14th Champions Cup, DNF's Jonesboro. That's his season How so did far.
2: Eagle just win this tournament?
0: Right? Yeah, it was pretty rare. Gone. Then he recovers... He comes back. The eagle I saw out there. The problem with the this weekend also, was the best player in the world. It's
1: also it's going to be problematic because like if he's not going to not gonna world, play against the world, he's not going to play against the
0: world. So if we throw him in here, let's
1: worry about let's worry about it when we get the world. Let's worry about him after world. Because
0: yeah. to me, That's, if we put him on the list, he's the number one player in the world. Yeah. I mean, and then like, how are you going to put the number one player in the world and then you're not going to see him for a month? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm It'll, looking at you, Chris It's just going to mess up our <laughs> power rankings even more. So let's just keep him off. Because of then also like, how can you make him jump Chris when he didn't beat Chris? Honorable mention spot eagle mcmahon I don't <laughs> <put Ty Steckerson laughs> in, and like you know how you have a ghost card we should just
1: yeah we should just keep inventing spots on our like now that we have like all these random honorable mention most improved Well, Eagles yeah. Go- paul mcbeth eagles is, is most ghost, improved eagle on the ghost the ghost year. one card
0: okay eagle so McMahon's like like you know how you one. have a ghost card in disc golf sometimes eagles in the ghost one spot ghost one spot of like the eagle. spots his if he comes back in play if you're
1: game. that guy who updates that website for us make good sure luck. you have eagle in the ghost one spot yeah good luck
0: uh, Yeah, so because if Eagle, if Eagle comes back and claims that it worlds, it's his. It's his. He can have it, but not, yeah. not yet. We won't give it to but him. But we won't give it to him. It's on reserve. We won't do it. If it's on reserve, you have to come and take it, okay? <laughs> Chris Dickerson is tentatively holding it for you. You guys FBO, are too funny. similar situation going on here. Situation. Because we have Cat and Paige played. Chris and Tatar, elbow injury. Valerie Mandahano, not over there. Missy Gannon, not over there.
1: I say we flip flop Paige and Cat. And that's it? I think we just keep doing that every week until one of them does something out of the normal. <laughs> Which right now is just flip flop, flip flop, flip flop.
0: Okay, that's fine with me. So we put page first, cat third. I
1: feel like that makes people sense. people don't be going to Europe, man, and they need to.
0: Yeah, I understand why. I don't either.
2: <laughs> when you guys talk about Europe, your your like your your choice, your word choice is very funny. It's just so frustrating they that they have a major and the field is so weak.
0: Well, I think it's just like the. It costs a lot to get over there, obviously. And it's like, if I get over there and I don't place in the top, like, 10, I'm probably not making my money back. Here's what they need to do next
1: year is the European Open just needs to pay for a giant plane to take them all no, over. No, I think the European <laughs> Open the
0: European Open needs to just be in the U.S. next year. <laughs> that's
2: so funny.
1: They can
0: be in New England. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: the new European the first Open. first spot they
1: get, get got to across the sea. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah like I think that's Plymouth what they have in
2: Boston.
0: Yeah, all right. It's time for the fan favorite segment, right. Trevor's <laughs> Trivia. Well, I had a bunch of jokes, but I just left them. <laughs> nice. That's smart.
1: That's smart. Um, so, yeah, my trivia question was related to what we were talking about earlier. Because um, I was, you know, what happened was Paul and Eagle get in this duel and everybody's like, oh, this is just vintage. You know, like Paul versus somebody. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. they're like a million strokes away from everybody else. I was like, is it that vintage? Like, has this ever happened in the capacity just that it just happened? So I looked back over Paul's whole career and this is national tours, um, pro tours. So even when they were A tiers or majors, so like anything like in those so no tiers. silver series. So no silver series, no just normal A tiers yeah. either. Um, th- this has never happened. Not even close. Um, there has. So I. The, my question is:
0: This hasn't happened.
1: Yeah. So the, in this in this event in particular, the margin was twenty s- was sixteen, 16. strokes yeah. from second place on so i looked and found every scenario where paul was in the top 2 and third place was far back in his whole career i want you to guess how many instances was there a larger than 8 stroke margin between Ooh. second and third larger than 8 stroke how many occurrences and then i'll give you extra points if you can guess any further details i'm
0: gonna say 5
1: it's only happened once. Okay. Well. Wow. Now I'll now I'll see if you can now I'll, this is more of the question is to see if you can guess what year and also what event. What year and event? and even more bonus points if you can guess like who he was doing. That's dueling. crazy. It feels like it's been more than one. And this is from second to third.
0: I will give you a hint. Or this is like
1: this is from second to third. And he was in the top two. I'll give you I'll give you two hints to help you out because this is okay. an impossible question. He was not dueling Ricky, okay. and he did not win this event. Oh. He was in interesting. Second.
0: 2018 Worlds, no. Yeah, like what?
1: It was 2015 Ledgestone.
0: Yeah, not a chance. I would guess. That, that's, just <laughs> that's just the random. That's just random. who won that, that Sexton, Lazat. Oh, so your Simon one? Yeah,
1: the other one that was there was another one that was. uh I think there was two others that were eight strokes. But it was. I just thought it was interesting because like I expected to go back and find like other instances or similar. Nothing like that has ever happened. Yeah. So, like people need to realize. I think people are were like. People were definitely like, "Oh my gosh, this is crazy! How much they pulled away?" But everybody was kind of like, "Oh yeah, this is just like it used to happen." No, that's never happened before. Yeah, like that was very unprecedented. Just how many strokes they pulled away from, and people need to realize how ridiculous that was. It was ridiculous. Like yeah, they almost crazy. they almost doubled the previous like Paul has record.
0: Paul ever won by eight before? Surely.
1: Oh, by eight strokes in in total. Yeah, I believe I believe he yeah. has. Yeah, that's yeah, bizarre.
0: that's wild, wild stuff. That's I who- mean, when you are watching it, you got the feeling like. This has never happened before.
1: It was insane. I mean, that separation was ridiculous.
0: I mean, it was just two guys that are two of the most talented disc golfers to ever, probably the two most talented disc golfers to ever be on the face of the planet. And they both played at their highest level. Yeah. For four rounds. For four rounds. And so that's the, that's the difference. It's like people just aren't capable of that. It was incredible. Um, this next topic went under the radar a little bit, but I wasn't going to let it slide. Yeah. No, this is a big topic. Um, I saw it on, shout out to Dixon Jowers. Saw it on his Facebook shout group, out. on the box with Dixon Jowers. This man catches stuff that I never see. Uh, but from what I understand, what happened is it was at PDJ Masters Worlds. Owen was pulling into the final round and allegedly allegedly flipped off a volunteer. <laughs> I showed it the bird. Go ahead and picture that in your head
1: for a second. And then
0: <laughs> was given a courtesy warning. In some places it said that she received a violation, meaning she took a stroke, on the whole one of the final nine. So this is from the post uh, from Dixon Jowers in his Facebook group and um, so I'm gonna just read majority of his post because it gives a lot of context and he brings up some good points as to like why does this matter because you might be listening to that and be like, oh am I supposed to hate own no, that's not no, any of this point. First off, she claims she didn't do it so that's, that's a whole important. set that's, that's a very important part, part. but it is but, an important part. but uh, secondly, this is a much bigger story to context with the PDGA but uh, so this is from Dixon Jower's post in his Facebook group again on the box of Dixon Jowers the name of that Facebook group. Uh, so this is what he says. Here's what I have been able to verify with either the TD, which is Nate Heinold, PDGA, Own, or a player on the card. A courtesy warning was given after the first hole had been played during the final nine. This was resulting from something that happened in the parking lot between Own and a parking lot staffer approximately 45 minutes before the tea time. Own says unequivocally that she never gave the finger to anyone, and that story is a lie. The warning was given in accordance with competition manual 3.03. The PDGA defines "quote unquote" on premises as participating in a PDGA event that's big both the TD and the PDGA say they will not give any farther information on the warning here's where the speculation begins if the staffer says own did it and own and presumably her husband since he was in the same vehicle says she didn't do it how can she be punished for it since the gesture is in dispute that leaves two possible stories as far as I can tell the staffer story was held to be more valuable than owns or the warning was given for something else that sounds like a, This sounds like a giant misunderstanding that somehow escalated to what happened on hole one. Not sure why it had to go that far, especially when considering the magnitude of the situation with the leader on the final nine seeking a world championship. Luckily, Owen was able to win that world championship. That was me, not Dixon. All right, back to Dixon. The specific reason for this particular warning are almost irrelevant for the larger discussion. I've asked the PDGA if, to their knowledge, a warning in a round has ever been given for activity prior to the round, and I'll update if slash when I received the answer. This to me is the story for folks who have been saying you weren't there. So it doesn't concern you. I'm shocked at your lack of foresight. Here's a list of things I've personally witnessed on premises that are now within the scope of this possibly new reading of the rule. Drinking, smoking, illegal drug use, loud cursing, lots of middle fingers, pushing, shoving. He continues the list down. Um, But the old line from two minutes till the last putt has been erased. I don't know quite where the new one has been or will be drawn. This is what concerns me. Not owns finger.
1: Yeah, there. So there is a ton of implications for this. Number one issue is that Owens' word was basically null and void over a staffer, which means if with all this precedent, you know, concerned, that now means that I can go and run up to Paul McBeth on the first tee and I can have him given a courtesy warning just based on my word. I could I could lie straight to their face and say Paul McBeth punched me in the face. Look at this bruise. He punched me in the face and then he can get courtesy more or worse because now your word against the pros apparently just with no witness um, is just like Bond. Like that's it. That's what Um, what
0: I'm saying. It's like imagine this in Europe. Eagle, if someone walks up, a volunteer walks up and says, hey, Eagle flicked me off, flipped me off, walking for the first tee of the final round in Europe. And then Eagle receives a, vo- a warning when he never even saw that volunteer. Yeah, like I'm not saying mm. that's what happened in the no, it might situation, not have, but it yeah. could now. But like that's the precedent. That's the precedent. Because what probably happened is own probably like threw her hands up or something like this, and the, the staffer of it was like a St. Jude volunteer was like, oh my gosh, she just gave me the finger, mm-hmm. and then ran and told someone they're like, that's unacceptable. We got to act now. Yeah, and then they act, give her a courtesy warning, whether they were allowed to or not, and then the PDGA kind of backs into the corner, yeah, defending their actions, which yeah. now opens up a huge can well, of worms. Classic
1: PDGA. So yeah, the. Second issue was that she was given a courtesy warning for something to happen when she was pulling into the parking lot. Yeah, forty-five yeah. minutes prior yeah. to the start of the round. And the PDGA, in their classic "we will never ever admit we're wrong," you know, form they just decide that it like it conforms with their rules, and it always has. What are you talking about? But like Dixon mentioned, that now means that anything done in like on the property of a disc golf event on the day of the event or whatever. Is now involved in the rules, and like you mentioned, if you've ever been to some like lower down disc golf events, there's some pretty wild dark horse things that are going on in the parking lot. Um, so you could just be throwing out. I might as well just bring a stack of courtesy violations, just be handing them out to people like yeah. as I see them. Well, not to mention
2: like one of the most obvious things. I mean, there's practice putting that goes on. Well, there's that would be around. a courtesy what? violation though. Well, yeah, it wouldn't be. Well, practice throw is illegal during the round, and if you're around technically, but this is just for this is the, just for courtesy no, so this is like just stuff. for courtesy yeah. violations. Yeah, yeah, But like it's not a football because like, you, you threw that's what well, the that's driving what, yeah. range. Yeah. yeah,
0: no. So the, if you read the rule though, several are defined in the rule book as two minutes until the final putt. Like that is a There's line a lot, in the rule book. Yeah, but several also are not, and so the, I'm guessing I'm not guessing. This is saying this situation is saying that. The ones that aren't defined by two minutes, no final putt Start apply to with. the entire time you're on the premise. Now, I could get the pro tour having this standard right. for their pros, right. right? Of saying, hey, when you're here, the whole time you're here, you're representing the pro tour, You're rep, blah, blah, blah. This is a pro tour standard for pros. Issue here, and I get it, this was a PDGA pro major, but it has implications across all PDGA events, like you're yeah. saying. So like, yeah. well, this isn't uh, yeah. like we had to hold pros to a certain standard and like, blah, blah, blah. This is like. Okay, now this has implications all the way down to a C tier. And he, here's the other thing is don't get me wrong. I
1: have no problem with standards being enforced from the time you're on the premises. That's really not an issue to me because um, there, there shouldn't be you shouldn't need to make courtesy violations ever. Like it's not it shouldn't be a it shouldn't be a problem. The bigger problem with this story. Um, is is probably, A, is is really that the staffer's word was taken over owns just like mm-hmm. without witness, just like, okay, that must have been what happened. <clears throat> and that, and I think it is it is a little bit odd that she's being given this like warning on the first tee. Like no, that, it was in the middle of the first Or hole. in the middle of the Apparently, first like hole. Apparently
0: like they ran down and got to her.
1: Like that to me is weird. Like it's like, if you're not going to say something to her before the round, like, hey, let's just like, I want to give you a warning. Then like, she's already started playing. Like that's kind of messed up. And she might not have even done anything. But then, so to really, me, that's a really—if I understand, I wouldn't feel so bad if it's like she might not have done anything. If I understand yeah, the scope crazy. of the
0: story, it sounds like by how the when it was given to her, her round already starting. Yeah. What sounds like to me is a volunteer came up, told the TD. The TD of the whole event was Nate Heinold. It's not clear if the, that he's the TD that was told this. Like if he was the course TD. Yeah. Um, but what sounds like to me is like Own shows up, allegedly according to her, doesn't flip the bird at someone, right? Warms up, practice putts, whatever, goes on, doesn't hear about it, starts her round, goes to where her story never even gets to be heard before the warning's given. So, I mean, I, yeah. that
1: would that would fluster me beyond. Luckily, compare. she had a big enough lead yeah.
0: that like she was still able to win by like. like eight if or nine somebody strokes, came but, up to
1: me and warned me, and I hadn't done it, especially, I would be like, "I you be, don't even get a chance to yeah, say." Yeah, he would be. I, I would be yeah. distraught, like for the rest, like the rest of that round, to be in my head, like, "Oh my well, gosh." Well, to like, what me did though, like,
0: this, this has implications because, like, I've been in an ev- at events, one in particular. This situation, I won't put the player's name in here because there's no reason to. But I was watching a card. This player was having a particularly bad round. They kept themselves as composed as they could during the round. Sure, there were some outbursts here and there, and they weren't a pleasure to be around. But considering how bad their round was going, I got it. it wasn't yeah. It was fine. This is at a pro tour event. After the round, they walk to their car, pull out a you know a golf club, and just start like hacking the ground, right? To let their anger and frustration out. Per this, that could be a courtesy warning because you can't right. do that during a round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but now you're on premise. So then, yeah. like, you could start the next round with a courtesy warning where it's like, hey, I got to tiptoe this round because if not, boom, stroke. For something that's like, it happened in the parking lot and, like, I would have let my anger out. But, right. like, I didn't, he didn't go towards anyone. He didn't, no one was in danger around him. None of that. He just got his anger out. And, you know, and was it the best, the good look? Probably not. Right. But it was a respectful way to do it because, like, I'd rather you take it out on that than me. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it yeah. is what it is. I was a spectator just watching, but you know what I'm saying? But, like, now this implication means he's still on premise. He's still participating in the event. Well, I mean, and it's it's a weird one, too, because, like, rules
1: enforcement in general, just, like, in golf, it's kind of got that gentleman's game type thing to it where it's, like, you just kind of expected to respect the rules in a lot of sense. And, like, Mm -hmm. because, like, there can't be officials eagle eye watching the parking lot to see if people do things wrong. You're just kind of expected to carry yourself in a certain way when you're playing on the Disc Golf Pro Tour um
0: but up to this point you haven't like the parking lot and stuff like that you haven't been
1: right no but i'm, I'm just that's saying, what's weird like, to me is like there there that, wasn't a previous example i've seen but going forward like that really just should be the standard of the sport in general but i think that I think like, there
0: needs to be a statement or something though by the pro tour saying like hey just so you guys know as players yeah, when you're in the parking lot you're still adhering to these standards right but i like mean, how can the player follow something they don't know they're supposed to follow well because you mean, also have to think not drinking, flipping off
1: a parking attendant is well, like she didn't which I'm just saying, but like if that's the standard, then like that's pretty easy for people
0: to just not do. But yeah, I agree. But the there standard are weir- also includes cursing, drinking. Yeah, and stuff there like are that. there are ones that are definitely and a lot of this is disc like golfers would not. People are parking normally. their vans that they live in. Yeah. in these parking lots. Yeah, so are they that's always, always on line. premises? Yeah, <laughs> that's another- like are they always participating in the event? Yeah.
1: That is the weird line. Is like it's not even like these disc golfers. A lot of them aren't just like parking in, leaving, you know, it's not like they're in the parking lot for five minutes. Like they're, they park their vans, like you said, and they like living in there. So like, that is where it gets even more interesting. Cause it's like these it's like, disc golfers hey, after the round, that's where they're going to live. Yeah. You,
0: you better be sober. Yeah. No drinking at all. Period. Yeah. I know you live yeah. in that van, but you're on premise. You're still participating in an event. Hey, is that a cigarette you're lighting up? mm. You're yeah. still on premise, baby. It's a very. Like, that's a, where, like, to me, I'm like. The PDGA just. I just don't. Th- I think they reacted to the situation and were like, oh, no, it makes sense. She should be punished for this action that they she just probably didn't yeah. do. She should be punished for this. And then it brought up this question. They're like, Oh shoot! They never think about the. Okay, the yeah. well now we're back to the corner. Well, she's on premise; she's participating. It's like okay, but now, now look at the can of worms you just opened. Yeah. Like, now yeah. what? Mm-hmm. They do that a lot. Where it's the, like you don't realize. That's the problem.
2: Is that like if you look at just this specific like situation, it's not that big of a deal. It's not. It's not that crazy. But you just think about how much can happen in the future because of it. And yeah. also, again, the huge deal, which is that she says she didn't do it, and the parking attendant says that she did do it. Which,
0: like as i'm saying to me i don't think her story was heard before she got the yeah, one yeah that's that's because like it happened while she's on the, the first weirdest hole. part that's crazy that so like it's How not like the, it? unless there's a part that wasn't told it's not like the td walked up and it's like hey this is what you're being accused of like what's your story because if I you're gonna also, do that why would you do it on the first hole i also hole? don't like, know
1: this but i doubt that own has a reputation for like stuff like that no, so it like, seems like a very chill <laughs> yeah, calm yeah. kind person yeah so like it's you know that's that's just the that's the weirdest thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Alright, well that's the episode. That's Grip Lock. I don't know how long it was. I think it was over an hour and a half. half. It's it, it, was, it was over an hour. It was a half. good episode. Uh D Glow's happening this weekend. We'll have a preview show for that midweek. You're not gonna miss that. And uh yeah, thank you all so much for tuning in. Talk to you Wednesday or Thursday, whenever the day before D Glow starts. You'll <laughs> yeah. see it in your feed. <laughs>